So, bro, uh, have you been playing that uh, game with all the bugs came out um, that everyone's talking about, like been talking about for a long time? Bug snacks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, you were supposed to say cyberpunk. Man, oh. we, we really do need a script for this. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you need to tell me the joke beforehand so I can play yeah. into it. Yeah, well, cancel this show, burn it all down, kill me, uh, all that. No, that sounds like what CD Projekt Red is doing to uh, their uh, to their game. Uh, this is the Daydreamcast. Uh, welcome back. Um, we have a we have a good show for you today, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean we we put money into new mics. I've got a new mic. You can That's probably right. hear like a static, but I also probably don't sound like I'm talking through a tin can. So. I mean, I have a, I have an old, I have a new, old, new mic. <laughs> I got this mic a couple of years ago. Like it wasn't cheap even, and uh, I just haven't been using it because I remember when I tried it out the first time, the quality wasn't good, but uh, the quality is pretty good. So I'm just using that now, and so the this is an exciting, exciting new, um, new era for us here. Yeah, I mean, even if this isn't ideal, I'm sure that some people will be relieved to know that we are actually working on our audio quality all the time, every time. Yeah, you know, it just takes a while, uh, but, you know, we, we, we're keeping at it. It's gonna, you know, obviously gotta, you know, it's incremental improvements until we get the studio set up um, and uh, the Patreon and everything, so... Until then, <laughs> just you wait. Once we get a Patreon, I will be squeezing that out. And once we get like advertisements, I'll squeeze out those audible advertisements every time, man. Just really easy. <laughs> some mattress ads. <laughs> yes, some purple well, mattress ads or something. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, speaking of mattresses, <laughs> there's no mattresses on Game Pass, but Game Pass is what you've been playing. Uh, yeah, I, I got back into it. Um, because I had the PlayStation now, like, I went back and forth, and now I'm back on uh, Xbox uh-huh. Game Pass. And it's so much better. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's, it's mm. major stuff. Yeah, the value is insane, right? Like, really, really nuts. Uh, yeah, and it, it skyrockets every time, but, like, it's like two steps forward, one step back. Where, like, I'm sure. really happy about what they add, but what they remove is also very disappointing sometimes. What have they removed? Oh, I don't. They'll remove, like, uh, the big stuff after a while. Like, the the Rockstar titles used to be on there, like Grand Theft Auto Five, oh, okay, Red sure. Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption 2 was only on there for, like, a month. Um, stuff when like I had, that. But when I had uh, the leaving at the end of the month section, it was always some, I don't know, some 360 Lego game or whatever. It's, it wasn't ever anything... Uh, anything really worth caring about. But, uh, I mean, yeah, stuff's gonna leave. But, man... When they announce new additions, it's always bangers, uh, like really nice gets. Uh, yeah. It's a, well, it's a I mean, service. like when when like Microsoft is, you know, you could debate about like what Microsoft does for exclusives, but they also mm. nab they nab really good uh, companies or whatever. Double Fine, yeah. um, you know, they did Obsidian. You could say what you want about Bethesda, but at least they acquire companies to produce and stuff and like yeah like that that's one step better than guaranteeing you know uh 
first party titles once in a while. You know, Sony has to basically beg for first party titles, but Microsoft at least hires talent and pays talent. So good for them, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, for sure. So, but uh, but what um, what recent banger, you know, that, but what big uh, recent new game that they've added to Game Pass have you been playing? <laughs> By recent new game, you mean a game that came out last year. I've been playing Star Wars. I think it's called Fallen Order. It's that game where you're a fallen Oh, wait. Jedi. Um, I'm, man, I'm messing up all over the place here. As I... You, you told me some Star, War, Star Wars game, and for some reason, uh, I assumed it was like an old one because I know I'm pretty sure though they like re-released a bunch of old games, also a bunch of them with Jedi in the title. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, uh, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. Yeah, they put like they put a couple on Switch, and I'm pretty sure like as well they kind of polish them back up for maybe the other consoles i don't know i assume this was an old game that you were playing so that's why i had this did the setup but uh <laughs> i know which game you're playing now yes <laughs> yeah uh, the game go, that came out last year, not the game that came out <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah 20 yeah. years ago is it a souls like uh yeah i would i would call it a souls like but it's it's loose it's not very hard i would call it more mm. of a sekiro like i think it's very similar mm. to sekiro <laughs> okay <laughs> How um, many se- how many Sekiro likes are there? <laughs> uh, probably too many. I'm just kidding. Um, the things I mean, I liked I liked its mechanics and all that. Um, but it, the way it did difficulty, it wasn't very satisfying to me. Like it doesn't. What I like about the game is sort mm. of uh, the setting and the exploration. How they did the worlds is interesting. What I don't like is the heavy cinematic triple A vibe. The story isn't very good, but it's a heavy emphasis. And then like for the combat, the way they do enemy encounters and design, it's not really very uh, engrossing. You know, you look at like Sekiro. Sekiro does enemy variety. And when you do bosses, there's an engaged like setup. And like, it's not just in parry timing and specific execution. Uh, Sekiro is about learning your specific enemy type and learning how to deal with them in a specific way. And Fallen Order doesn't really do that. When it makes it harder, it just makes it harder, you know? Mm-hmm. Does it have any of the um, glowing swords there? It does. You, ha- you can customize your glowing <laughs> sword. It's great. I- I'm a sucker right. for that sort of thing. All right. So it's a Star Wars game that's uh, confirmed. I don't, I don't want to admit it, but yeah, it's a Star Wars game. <laughs> well, we got it out of you. Um. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, to talk about Star Wars games and licensed games in general, I'm normally yeah. a fan, and I think if you've got a good property, um, I will gladly try to experience it. It's definitely a product. It's not innovative <laughs> in the slightest, but yeah. it's satisfying. Will I play it through to completion? Probably not. And that's where I stay. So, yeah, you heard it here. If you want your property experienced by Brogan, then uh, <laughs> just call this number. Oh. Uh, well, that's a thumbs up then, yes? On uh, Fallen Order. <laughs> I, th- I thumbs up every game. I'm like the Gene <laughs> Shallot of video games. <laughs> I'm just like, thumbs up, man. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You asked me earlier what my verdict was going to be on Mirror's Edge. I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, Pavlos. It's probably going to be a thumbs up. 
<laughs> well, you didn't you didn't thumbs up uh, Panzer Dragoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throw me under the bus. You didn't either, dude. <laughs> well, uh, listen, maybe you're just very good at picking the games you play. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. like you're navigating, you're blindly navigating this maze of uh, of bad games. But you're just a natural at it. Like you do it effortlessly and just pick, <laughs> magically pick. You know the. It's like um, it's like in Takeshi's Castle when you when you when they have to go over the pond and it's like the fake rocks and you just pick all the right ones. You know, just <laughs> it's by a instinct. gift. It's like I'm using the force. <laughs> all right, that's. Uh, We're done. We're done. Part to move on. on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've been playing something uh, for couple of years now <laughs> been playing this well it took a long break that's why but um i've been playing again monster hunter stories on uh, 3ds and uh, when i told you you were like yeah monster hunter and i was like no this isn't monster this isn't the monster hunter you, you you your grandpa knows this isn't your dad's monster hunter um this is actually an rpg it's uh, turn based and um it's very fun it's got that saturday like or any day uh like 90s uh anime feeling that level five often uh, captures you know um it's very very cheerful uh, look and everything um but uh, it's still got very much all the staples of the series all the monsters the items mechanics and stuff except you know um worked into a uh sort of an rpg uh uh, system which um, basically works like rock paper scissors um, but so basically you have your uh, monsty as they are called uh, and you fight other monsters or you can even fight other trainers and uh, you yourself are attackable as well as your uh, monster and your monster you can swap out and um, yeah basically you set up attacks in the rock paper scissor uh, setup and basically if you if you attack an enemy that the enemy attacks you and you picked without knowing what would happen but you don't see what the enemy will pick but uh, if you pick the thing that counters it then you do much more damage and stuff um, and kind of knowing what they're gonna do is based just on learning the enemies basically that's kind of where another sort of thing that sort of I thought this very smartly integrated into the design of it is like something that you know from the main Monster Hunter games you know you learn the nature of the monsters you learn you know their movement their behavior and stuff and uh, here it's kind of translates into you you learn their attack patterns um like what moves they're gonna do and stuff so and that so works to, really well so mm -hmm. to like put it in perspective it would be as if uh as if i was playing rock paper scissors against someone and they just kept playing rock over and over again and then like just as you're like ah He's, he's going to play rock. That's that's the crux of the sort of rewarding gameplay experience is sort of predicting the, the rock. Yeah. But, yeah, right. But it quickly gets like, you know, monsters have like two moves they pick from. Monsters, just like in the main games, they get angry after some point. Then they switch their attack patterns um, to the once they have in their angry state. And stuff like that. It's, um, it's, it's very cool. Um, and... Um, on top of that, basically you raid, uh, 
you, you go through you go to like caves and basically inside them you find the nest and you steal <laughs> you steal a monster's egg <laughs> like you oh, just no. go through their yeah you just go through their eggs and the funny thing is that in the in the nest there's like a bunch of eggs every time and it's like different ones so i don't know what's going on if like those nests are like here's here's where all the mon here's where when you have to do the business so, you know here's the monsters just share these and so different kind of eggs uh end up here <laughs> i don't know if, if that's a thing or uh i i don't know <laughs> it's it's quite uh it's quite uh, astounding that uh it's it's re it's like different kind of uh monsters in one nest but uh Anyway, you steal one of them and you make you you make your escape with it, with it, and then you can hatch it back at um, the monster hatcher dude, and uh, that's how you build up your uh, basically your Pokemon uh, more or less. Like to, it's yeah, it's like a it's a, it's on top of that, it's like a collectible monster game. To be fair, I don't think game developers should strictly go behind logic and Darwin's theory of evolution and all that. If they if they think, you know, two monsters in a single cave, their eggs <laughs> together is good design, then maybe it is. Who are you or Charles Darwin to decide, you know? I wasn't arguing from an evolutionary standpoint. I was arguing from a... Is, is, is there just a lot of sex happening in these nests? <laughs> Can like they interbreed? Different... Like, well, what does this look like? Are this are these hybrids? What's the science here? Is the are these caves actually like love hotels and uh, you know just uh, used by by all sorts of uh, monsters? The, the next uh, Monster Hunter game will be a dating sim. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, probably already exists. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, like I really recommend it. Obviously, the big hurdle is that it's on the 3DS. That will be a hurdle for many. But for those people, it's also on the mobile. Plus, if you start now, you can be done by the time they uh, the sequel comes out, which they announced like a couple months ago to everyone, to my surprise at least. Um, so uh, yeah, it has cool costumes. It has a ton of like free DLC as they always do for the Monster Hunter games, like with. Um, extra quests um costumes like i said like some cr a lot of crossovers for those as well um you find like crossover armor and gear and stuff like that which you can craft um etc it's really a full-fledged rpg it has a, really a lot of cool stuff about it and uh if you're looking i think it's probably the best pokemon like and like that i've played in uh well maybe ever like the yeah. best Pokemon like and yeah like the best that's not Pokemon but also it's better than the last 10 years of Pokemon <laughs> so, so, so it uh, is it is now the Pokemon era parent yeah so um yeah that's uh that's how it is sorry Pokemon people but it's a um, glowing review yeah Monster Hunter stories here to steal your shit just like I stole <laughs> all those eggs all right um <laughs> that's <laughs> uh what uh, what else have you been playing oh no <laughs> don't have the list in front of me i have to click that's oh it is it is tetris effect that yes. is right that's what we right. got that's what you've been playing yes <laughs> we're a mess today uh <laughs> yeah um I, I 
played Tetris Effect before, to be fair. And what Tetris Effect is, is basically, uh, it, it's from the creator of Res, right? Or is that like a, am I misinformed on that? Um, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's right. Um, okay. It's also it's the Tetris, sequel to Mass Effect. But sort of, there's like a sort of overarching <laughs> set piece sort of thing where there's different backgrounds and music that sort of gives you an audio visual, uh, experience that sort of transcends the basic gameplay it's not just a very simple mechanic thing it's meant to be a, a total experience with the aesthetics involved and i i was a big fan of it the first time i played i thought it was awesome second time i played i started i started maybe maybe it was just my surroundings or what have you but i i felt underwhelmed this time and I don't mm. know exactly what it was. I was hoping that if I talked out loud, I would be able to discover my issues with it. But mm. it's like, a, like a, you know, it's like you're on the couch doing some psychoanalysis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Tell me I, more. <laughs> tell me more about your time with Tetris Effect. I mean, like, yeah, it's gonna unlock the deep recesses of my mind, but. Mm. I mean, I think the I think the big thing was was um I it's it felt a little disjointed at times where even though they clump certain uh, things together they'll they'll like especially if you go into journey mode which is sort of the main campaign you could do other things of course it's not necessarily the sole experience but um the, they'll clump like three or four uh sort of experiences together into a single uh, Tetris game and those I felt were much more uh, back and forth in a bad ebb and flow sort of way. I felt the pacing was sort of off. Um, and there were some times where the music didn't necessarily work for me. Um, there's sort of like a multicultural thing that I have no problem with. I think I think it's awesome. But then, but, but it, it won't work because it'll change the pace and tempo in a weird way. I'll go from a very heavy jazz urban influence to it'll immediately scale right down. It'll slow everything down in the gameplay because it'll have variable speeds. And so mm. I'll be going at high speed Tetris and then it's gonna dial way back down and it'll be like whiplash if you know what i'm saying sure yeah um it's stuff like that that really affected me differently this time yeah no i can see that i i've yet to play it but uh i'm sure i will play it someday um well i don't know it sounds like an um you know incest incestuous uh, relationship <laughs> with the long to terminal uh i don't you know, know what I they mean, say i think we'll have to Pablo, go deeper sometimes an l block is just an l block <laughs> they do say that uh <laughs> an l block is a phallic symbol <laughs> i mean there's also the little t that you know <laughs> yeah it is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot of wait and the long one obviously as well and, and they everywhere fill holes. You, you you see where i'm going with this no oh my god well now now i'm in a crisis um <laughs> yeah oof. what the fuck <laughs> so moving on from from this revelation uh <laughs> we're into the hot take minute already do 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 yeah it's uh it's a do it's it's you know we're lightning we're traveling at lightning speed here like sonic or mascot i don't i don't know we talked about sonic before the show <laughs> <laughs> Pablo, what's your hot take? Uh, so my hot take is less is more. 
Alright, what I mean by that is that a lot of games these days, um, especially obviously once you, like, the more you ramp up the budget of a game, the more this pitfall uh, is, is a problem, is that games, you know, they have to offer so many things. They have to both, I would say, in terms of, uh, you know, systems and, I don't know, like single player, multiplayer, uh, some app, I don't even know, and uh, like um, the various modes. And um, then the, uh, obviously the second thing is quantity. Uh, they Games are, have become so long and so, um, I don't know, just we're filled with so many um, meaningless things, meaningless collectibles and uh, sort of markers to hit on a map and stuff. This is not new, by the way. And there's a reason I bring this up in this episode because uh, because um, because of our game of the week um, that we're going to be talking about. But um, yeah, the, uh, I think collectively as an industry, we should... And I feel like no, no, one's, no one's ever saying like, Oh wow! Uh, I'm all out of things to play. I don't know what to play anymore. It's, uh, I've done everything that I could play. Like I played everything I want to play. Um, everyone is complaining about being behind. You know, backlog. Uh, can't play the games that I like. Uh, dropping stuff because it's just you know losing um, uh, interest and stuff. Just collectively, we need to I think uh, sort of value. Um, sort of not only like brevity the game doesn't need to be like doesn't mean that a game has to be short it's just that it has to be meaningful about its length and um and you know also maybe reconsider some uh old quote-unquote old um design uh blueprints like stage and level based um design versus open world and 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 uh games games as a service etc those kinds of things that where games just keep getting you know keep getting new stuff and it's like almost a job feels like a job to keep up with it um so yeah this is my this is my plea to the to the world <laughs> okay i don't Less know how hot that is was more. i i largely agree and i think i think you could take it into separate ideas like i i think there's definitely modern examples that it's like okay this should have definitely been scaled down i think of something like red dead redemption 2 which is i i really liked the game however it goes on too long and the campaign missions drag on too long to an inappropriate level of violence and sort of repetitive gameplay that does not necessarily impact properly you know like in that mm-hmm. open world sense it's best when you're naturally experiencing things and then when you go on your long you know mission based stuff it's it's a slog people people will give up you know at a certain yeah. point in time and yeah. you can't fault them for it um and that can also- be the intention you know you want your game to be played like don't you want your game to be seen to the end is that like is that more um more important than sort of being able to say on paper that it has so much stuff in it well, I mean, I definitely think there's there might be more going into it, like from a business standpoint, where I don't sure. necessarily think the game devs are like we got we got to pack it full. I, I'm sure some people are like, well, you've spent we've spent so much money on these assets, we can stretch the game out. Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, take this is an old example: taking a castle and putting it upside down after you beat one section <laughs> of the game. I'm not saying that's like a you know a famous game or anything, but you know. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you said at the start that you don't think it's a hot, 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 ah, Jesus, hot take. 
but um, um, I and I agree it's not probably for our round and maybe our our community of listeners but uh, I think for many people um, and I also see a parallel here to TV shows you know um, it's it's um, sort of become um, expected maybe and like implicitly expected and just people have gotten used to modes of uh, continuation you know things go keep going and you can just sort of just spend so much time with stuff and uh, also you know new new seasons happen new new seasons in its show new like additions uh, content packs etc in uh, in games and stuff I think mm, if uh, if if you if you uh, like if Red Dead Revolver was, you know, it was sort of wasn't it level based? I don't know. If it, I think it, it was, was level based. It was single level um, based. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, imagine Red Dead Redemption Two coming out, and it's uh, it's it still has the narrative ambitions, you know, and still has uh, um, the detail and stuff of the of the world design, etc. But it's it's episodic in the sense that you know or like you know it has a continuing narrative but um a cohesive narrative but it's sort of split up into levels and just for every level there's a very bespoke um sort of smaller space created um which uh, i'm just i'm just uh, i'm not saying they should have done that my point is here imagine if that if that would have been the game that's my um, i'm, ta- the, I'm talking the focused about experience let me ask you then do you tend to find like it's both it's a double-edged sword here because it's also excessively adding more content or perhaps cutting content out but downloadable content for instance there's a lot of instances where downloadable content may be the best part of a game because it's very specifically focused on the singular experience of buying the the level that's being added or whatever mm-hmm. you know what i mean um where those aren't built on okay we gotta yes. stretch this experience out for you know yes. 30 totally. hours or whatever it's, you know it's, it's a much and more I, condensed focused experience that often has more yeah, care yeah. put behind it because it's like okay this is this is meant to be you're just meant to put money into this single thing let's worry right. about how good this is not how much we can right. stretch out of it. exactly and everything else is already established you don't have to create a new game again from uh yeah no totally i mean i think i think that's a good point that's something that uh, i think like a a moderate dlc practice can be a very good thing for sure like uh you know when you really again put weight behind but it's just i mean i know it's not the reality of game development i know this is like pretty idealistic because obviously um a lot of uh you know, game development has, has changed, and free-to-play stuff uh, like needs has just different business models. Um, but anyway, just to finish what I was going to say earlier is that I think my my Red Dead Redemption example was that I think if that came out like that, which again I don't think they should have done or anything, but uh, uh, I'm just saying there is I think it would have it would be a hot take. It would my my take would sort of reveal itself to be quite hot if reality actually changed and you know developers would go back to um some of these older um design philosophies and i think a lot of people would be uh pretty miffed because they've gotten used to a new mode of uh consumption um 
and, and so so I think it would reveal itself to be a controversial move, even though on paper maybe everyone agrees, you know, oh games are too long, etc. I mean like even even now technically, like you say that and at first I was gonna doubt you, but like I've heard like there's a lot of early buzz about Cyberpunk, which neither of us will play anytime soon, but there's a lot of people complaining about the supposed length of the game even though mm-hmm. if the game is as detailed and as high effort as it could be like yeah you shouldn't expect an extended long experience like especially with like intensive writing or you know rpg mechanics or whatever you know like they, oh. they had to crack a whip and literally abuse their workers at points like what like expecting expecting such a long experience over you know a dedicated experience is you know there's also another game which i won't mention um (laughs) for (laughs) in joke reasons which also was narratively focused and surprised people by how long it was and uh, i think i think that's totally that um you know tv show inspired like mindset like you know, for like, like narrative games in the big budget space, um, sort of orientating themselves um, or trending toward that uh, that the TV aesthetic and the t- and those TV modes of reception, um, like TV audience and stuff. Um, those tr- like you know going after those trends, um, and it obviously makes sense from a business standpoint. But uh, uh, again. You know, I think um, we. Uh, I don't know. I think these. Uh, it's it, this ties into this uh, episode today because uh, I think going back to like uh, two two generations ago, um, even um, we can see some. Uh, we can still see some alternatives that I think should be uh, explored again. Exp- explored again. Uh, and uh, although even then stuff started, you know, I just. Uh, the um, most prominent example for me immediately immediately comes to mind is Burnout 3 versus Burnout Paradise you know probably the best two Burnouts but um, I vastly prefer 3 I think it's uh, it's a much it's almost a different level uh, because of how uh, tight it is and uh, it's basically a perfect racing game for me so and Paradise you know it's it's very good but uh, just doesn't have that punch to it because uh, because of the open world Um and I and I'll, I mean, I'll use TV examples here because you wanted to use the TV metaphor. I can easily crystallize what I want to say here with TV. I think mm-hmm. there's times where people feel compelled to keep serializing things. Like BBC's Sherlock, for instance, went on probably two seasons more than it needed to and wasn't that good of a show. But after two more seasons, people started being like, oh, okay, whoa, maybe maybe we didn't need as much of this. But also like that that's not to say to rush it if it's if it's um not properly developed. Like for instance, you know, the last season of Game of Thrones, for instance. Um you probably could have eight seasons of Game of Thrones and call it a day, but also if, if your last season is wrapping up everything that wasn't properly set up or properly, you know, sort of built narratively, then yeah, things are going to come tumbling down and people will be, you know, un- nobody was unhappy by the length of Game of Thrones. People were unhappy that narratively it was undercut. You know what I'm saying? So it's a delicate balance. Sure, of course. Like I mean, this is a big problem, I think. I mean, 
you know, you can make the case about most TV shows probably too long. Uh, yeah, definitely. Although maybe th these days so many get made that so many also get canceled pretty quickly. So yeah. <laughs> those definitely don't go on too long. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and I would say that it's the creator's responsibility here because uh, people will always clamor for more. You know, it's like children who just want to eat more. I don't know, Nutella, and uh, they're gonna eat too much. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, uh, obviously they're gonna want more because it tastes so good, you know? No, but like, but like, as again, with the Sherlock thing is like, if you, <laughs> if you feed a cake, a kid cake too much, not only yeah. do, does the kid start to get sick, the kid may stop liking what cake is. And you may start to see the problems with cake. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, sure, it, yeah. it, it sort of, it, like an extended length can expose, uh, a, a product's flaws in a way that may not be apparent when it's short. Um, and I guess that's my final yeah. note. Yeah, it should be interesting to see if if there will be such fatigue. I mean, I think there already is. It's just a question of when will it be uh, the fatigue of the majority or at least of the paying majority. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Anyway... <laughs> What is your hot take? <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know if this is hot either. I, I sort of wanted to explore the idea of modifications. It kind of ties into longevity, but also kind of ties into like how people understand and appreciate games. Like I'll see a lot on forums or just discussions regarding a product's uh, longevity or goodness because, hey, you can easily mod it. And I think there's something to say about a developer intentionally building in tools for a community, which I think is good and, um, and definitely helps a game. But that being said, I don't think it makes a game good. I think on that aspect, you could look at the individual modders' work and the community's work and appreciate them and not necessarily like the game more i'm specifically thinking of things like fallout new vegas i like fallout new vegas but it is a very deeply flawed game and when people say you know mods fix it mods don't you know like the game yeah. isn't good because of because someone else fixed it you know yes so. yeah yeah absolutely um, uh yeah i i totally agree with that i mean <laughs> i don't know if that's uh that's our take but uh I mean, it depends. We're doing a lot of like game philosophical musings today. I don't know, but it's uh, deep. It's a deep podcast. Yeah. On I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is even. This is just the continuation of an earlier discussion we had in uh, in the chat, uh, in our in our uh, side chat um, uh, with a friend. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, this is obviously like sort of a, what do you see as the game? You know, do you see like the game as the oeuvre, the uh, the thing that's made by create some creator, by some artist, um, or obviously a collective, um, or do you see just purely the uh, it's like and I'm I'm with that, even though it's kind of a classical uh, sort of understanding of uh, what a work is, um, but um, but but you know there's also the sort of um, like pra pragmatic or like. I don't even know how to label it at the moment, but it, um, it's hard. Sure it's there's hard several labels, but uh, but yeah, like that that just uh, don't care about the stuff, the thing. It's, it's almost like a phenomenological, like what what they just see, what I see, and what I play and stuff. That's kind of that's the game, and uh, you know when I 
I can mod it. I can even use a cheat engine or whatever. And uh, as long as it then becomes something that's fun to me, then that means the game is good. Because for them, it means the game is good because it can be made good. It can be, you know. If I, I think it's something like Minecraft in this specific circumstance. Yeah. Where, where like the base game to me is very unimpressive. But mm -hmm. it, it definitely has enough there for other people to put into it. And I don't want to diminish a community's contributions to anything. I think those should oh, just no. be recognized separately. Does that make sense? Yes. Mods are... No, for the, no mods are superb, of course. Uh, so, man, so much good stuff. People fixing everything uh, from, uh, you know, translating. I mean, fan translations are mods, um, you know, and uh, or like patches to games. Uh but you know, from from people fixing fixing uh, old games to like AAA new st new games on PC, where uh, you know the the developer couldn't be arsed to uh, to put out a decent PC version. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, no. But seriously, though, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I think that specifically. Shout out to the modders. That, that latter example is common and is definitely worth criticism. That. Many people can just look over. That's not fair. Yeah. Also, shout out to Sonic. Um, <laughs> and with that, we come to our game of the week. Uh, and uh, this is um, our second 360 game. We did uh, Dead, Dead Rising once. And um, once again, we picked a, an early um, 360 game. Is, is 360 uh, our favorite platform of that era? Or do you like oh, the Wii? I, sorry, I, I have don't to, think PS3 I have, is I have the to correct myself. I have to correct myself immediately. Obviously, it, it's P, PS3 and 360. I uh, I only said 360 because uh, I that's why where I played it. Um, I've never played it, it also, on uh, on yeah. PS3 either. So. Okay, it also came out PS3 later on PC and mobile as well. Um, but. Uh, well, I think the mobile version may be like a... I think there was a, like a side-scrolling thing that it did, but I'm not sure if the main game came to mobile. Like a free Definitely PC, thing. though. That's cool. Um, right. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a tough call for me. But since you asked, is it Wii or 360? I think it's probably 360 um, because of XBLA was so awesome. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree. Right. Uh, and it's just kind of kind of a game changer, um, I think. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> Mirror's Edge um, is is a game. It's a, a game made by <laughs> Dice. <laughs> it's a game. <laughs> All right, it's Mirror's Edge. It's a game. Uh, it's and you know, like EA, EA Sports, it's in the game. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's uh, made by Dice. So, uh, you know, EA, uh, I think EA owned. Uh, um, I don't know DICE sure. history, but yeah, it's... Yeah, they make the battlefields. They ma they have made the battlefields for a long time. This game is sandwiched by uh, Bad Company coming up before it. And then Battlefield Heroes, you remember Battlefield Heroes, and uh, Battlefield 1943 coming up after it. So... These are they, good. Those I, I I don't remember a lot about specific ones, but I personally liked Bad Company and I personally yes. liked 1943. So like that's a good yes, run awesome games. for developers. Yeah, 
awesome the be my favorite like multiplayer shooters straight multiplayer shooters and uh, like bad company and under 43 like i played that bad company demo which had a one map as a f multiplayer uh included i played it so much <laughs> <laughs> that uh, map anyway. is a classic yeah yeah battlefield heroes was the co like comic uh art style free-to-play battlefield i gotcha. Um, i got gotcha. yeah. i never played it but i understand point being they make the battlefields and uh, in 2008 they didn't make a battlefield <laughs> well actually they did but <laughs> they also made <laughs> they also made this runner uh, this game about uh, sort of parkouring and uh, running um and uh, it takes place in a sort of totalitarian future uh protagonist is faith um, who is a so-called runner. The runners are basically um, people who rise up against the uh, the autocratic government and uh, do uh, deliveries and stuff and sort of, you know, are important figures in the underground uh, resistance. And um, she gets wrapped up in a political complot which uh, features her sister, who, who is a cop, and she gets framed for murder of a political candidate. And, and so uh, Faith has to sort of clear her uh, name. That's that's basically the the plot. Um, the um, the setting, this uh, totalitarian future, is realized very strikingly. Um, I think the first thing anyone will notice about the game is its really fantastic visual identity. You have uh, a lot of, uh, but in this in this case, aesthetically justified uh, bloom like a very bright game outside, when you're outside, like very clean white um, sort of colors and uh, like white houses and stuff. Everything's like very, um, um, you know, like clean and formalized and uh, um, and they do a ton, they communicate a ton with uh, very sort of poppy colors, like uh, especially red and orange but also some blue for safe zones and stuff like um, by coloring um, places and objects like that they guide you through the game um, and uh, yeah just give the game a very uh, original visual identity um, um, to, to, yeah to do a quick thing here I mean we could go no, on go later ahead. about it but what I personally liked about that visual identity was also it starts with mostly white with hints of highlights of the bold colors and then as you get into the game, and especially into specific interiors, uh, an entire uh, office building, for instance, will be drenched in a singular color. And then yes. and then what pops out there is everything else. And that stuff's really cool to me. For sure. Um, I should also say the art style in the cutscenes is more of a comic art style, like a graphic novel art style. Like, think um, Mark of the Ninja, stuff like that. Um, it... I just, uh, before we get basically into discussing different points, uh, just one last thing, of course, is I want to describe how it plays. So it's a first-person runner slash platformer. Uh, you run around on these roofs and through these corridors and, you know, a bunch of locales. And um, you have, basically, you control Faith with the stick, left stick, uh, right stick is camera. Um, and there's basically no UI. And your all your movements you do with the triggers so you have a trigger for jumping or like going up you have a trigger for ducking which leads to you can duck in the air to sort of 
lift your legs over like barbed wire um, or when you do it on the ground and are running you will slide that's all on the one side of set of triggers the other set of triggers is for turning around quickly and which you need to do for some moves and um, and for punching or like that's sort of you have like an attack the the right trigger is like the attack trigger where you combine it with different moves and then you know it all results in different like punches and kicks uh for the combat which this game has it has <laughs> combat with the police who is out and about to get you okay that's uh, my description of the game uh for now we can uh, tackle different stuff here what do you want to talk about first uh oh goodness um i should have had a list of the specific things in head for for order purposes um i think the thing i personally like most is it goes into the aesthetics it goes into the sort of gameplay of it but there's sort of an immersive quality to it that i particularly like i think yeah. if there's a sort of like runner's high that you get on it it's definitely present here there's a sort of appeal to scaling there's not a lot like there are times where it also slows down too where it's not so much about running as it is navigating when you do the parkour where it's sort of scaling a building so you gotta be like oh i can grab that if i jump far enough in in that sense it's like a platformer but unlike other pitfalls uh first person shooters make with platforming elements most of the time i would say like 70 to 80 percent you're not worried Mm -hmm. about where you're landing you're worried about what you're grabbing onto or necessarily like how fast you're going and whether or not you're, where you're jumping is going to slow you down. Um, stuff yeah, like that yeah. is works really well for me. Right. So, uh, yeah, the game plays a lot with like the tempo you're going to. Like, uh, basically, you, um, you know, if you keep running and keep sort of do- nailing soft landings and, uh, you know, uh, jumping over stuff, etc., you build up speed and you know you that's that's i think when the game is uh is the best when when this flow is established and uh you you sort of nail everything and uh you know it all works out i think that's when the game is at its best um <clears throat> yeah it's um it's a bunch of different things that we can talk about here like um i think Let's stay with the sound and the immersiveness that you mentioned. So yes, I would say the strongest aspect of it is the atmosphere. Um, the game is very much like Lola Rent, uh, Lola Runs by Tom Tikva, um, in both sort of in this breathless like stress um, simula- simulator, like escape simulator, because you're escaping a lot from uh, police and helicopters, um, but also uh, in you know, certain edginess, no pun intended. <laughs> um, like it, it is very much a you know, government bad, under, like free the people, etc. But I think it's realized in a totally like it's not. It doesn't linger or like hammer that message like home more than it should. It moves along at a very brisk pace, and I, I, that's really great. Like the cutscenes are quite short, and um, like. The levels st- they they hide the load times between like elevator rides and like the cutscenes they hide the load times really well so um, stuff like you just it really is snappy you just come right out of the cutscene like the comic cutscenes into the next level um, they just you know they they don't fill in unnecessary like uh, interstitiary moments which you don't need like how did 
person A get to, like, how did faith get to this place? It's like, okay, you need to do this. Now you're here. Now you're here. Um, and it really moves at a, at a great pace. And I think overall, just the vision of this space and this setting and um, combined with the first person realized through a really dense and fantastic soundscape like the score for this game is really great uh it's very much like this like industrial uh, techno electronic uh, sort of fragmented bloopy thing it's really um it's really like it can be also very grimy it's like there's a bunch of different registers but um um, you have that combined with like your breath and like you know very like visceral um, sort of sounds you know uh, for example when you fall every time you fall you will see the entire fall uh, until you hit the ground and you will even hear the bone crunching uh, fall itself it every me time. Of like a, <laughs> uh, a king's quest death or something where it's like almost <laughs> yes. comical. It's it's mostly yeah. grotesque. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> but go ahead. Yes, absolutely. It's it's like it has a sort of shocking quality to it, and I think all that stuff is really, um, really the strength of it. Like really, sort of putting you like the character and the, I don't know about the voice acting. It's fine. It's not very. Uh, I don't know. It's not very ambitious. It's like pretty standard, pretty standard voice acting. But like. You know the first-person perspective, how it's realized in an oral and visual sense. It's is very strong. Um, that is uh, where my praise maybe ends. <laughs> oh, good. Well, l- let me let me praise one other thing that yeah. I particularly like. It also, has a double-edged sword to it. Um, this game is short in a certain way, and in another way, it's long. I, I will get into it, but there's nine chapters basically, and they're yeah. single levels. What I liked about the levels was there was oftentimes a sort of like, there's like a basic rooftop section or like an essential running section. There'd be like a sort of like enemy, there'd be enemy encounter sections. Um, And then there'd be like some unique set pieces. One in particularly, one in particular I liked was the sort of riding train one where you have to jump between trains. That was really good for me. Um, Like the sewer system and all that. Um, I personally mm-hmm. liked interiors. Um, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think they were the best part of the game. I think the game is best when it's open. Um, but there's a thing I like yeah. about uh, scaling or navigating that I, I particularly enjoy. And with the segmented sections, I think it enables replay value. Um, you sort of replay over and over again. So where if what Pablo said was about um, enjoying the breathlessness, the sort of like ease of it, the momentum. Um, If you found difficulty carrying momentum in a certain level, the more you practice that level, the more likely you are to have that momentum. So it definitely rewards and has more, um, has better play the more you play it. So that's, that's strong in my opinion. Yes, uh, for sure. I think um, there's also speed run, like time trial mode. Uh, which is maybe the game at its best, <laughs> but uh, like, uh, or like the be- the better play- way to play the game. I don't know. So this game, it has a simplicity to it, and it has. That's where my take from earlier comes in. It has a you know, it um, it's it's. I think it's just the right length. It's not, you know, it's it's perfect really. It just puts it puts across what it needs to, 
Um, it has originality. It has like it almost has like the the length and the sort of focus sim like simplicity of it. It doesn't have any other modes or like it just has one set of collectibles and not too many of them. And I think that stuff is sort of very reminiscent of what today may be like in twenty dollar or twenty euro indie game. Yeah. Um, but um, um, yeah, like uh, I, th I think that stuff is all very good. The problem comes when you just really play the game and just dig into the meat of it. And I will say, I've played I played this game. I have, I played this time my 360 copy that I have from back in the day. And I didn't beat it back in the day. I played a couple of levels, I remember. and But I had sort of very fond memories of it. And I think the more you play, the more frustrating it gets. Um, I think, and there's a couple points to it, um, which I can just quickly list. I think the game betrays its own flow aspect um, and like you can you can sort of re-establish it or like create it by practicing the levels and just you know, knowing where everything is and stuff and um, sure but that still won't solve some of the issues and especially it of course doesn't solve the issue of the first time you will play it, it you won't have that experience at all. There is uh, necessary combat encounters. I think that's. Uh, I don't mind the combat. I uh, like. I think uh, people focus too much in in a very two thousand eight, uh, like uh, sort of criticism. They focused on like the aspect of oh, the combat is no good, like the gunplay is no good or whatever. And totally, I think that's totally missing the point of it. It's obviously not supposed to be good, and I think it's actually quite good at the way it's not good <laughs> um but i i, I mean yeah. i have an opinion on that if, if you want to finish your thought mm -hmm. i can't but i definitely want to talk about that in a moment okay i'll f I just finish then this small point and then uh, you Go can ahead. interject um so about the combat encounters i will say that i don't think that the way they realized is bad i think the way they're used as a device is bad which is um they're uh, ever so often you will just get to a section where basically unless you're maybe a an AGDQ speedrunner who, you know, knows like the exact uh, way, like the exact inputs you need to make it through a section. Um, it's basically like you want to go from A to B. Between A to B, there's like five guards, uh, like five cops, and there's no other way. You have to take care of them somehow. And I think this game in the in the it should have the option for you to fight them and have it like make make it like easier like that but it should be also an option to play you should be able to do a pacifist run in that game i think um and uh, i don't think it's really possible so uh like even like if you count even like there's a disarm move like you can punch them and steal their gun and shoot them but there's also a disarm move which gets you their gun to begin with, you can drop it immediately. But as part of the disarming, you knock them out. And uh, let's count that as still maintaining the pacifist, <laughs> um, the pacifist philosophy of it. But uh, you know, if you don't count that, then you definitely, you definitely have to take some people out. And I think that's a design uh, flaw. Okay. Okay. Your uh, All right. response. Personally. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree with you when it comes to gunplay. I think the way Mirror's Edge approaches guns is totally appropriate. 
in that it gives mm-hmm. you the option. It doesn't frustrate the person where they ask, man, why can't I just take a gun and shoot these guys? But when you pick up the gun, you realize what you lose. And what you lose yeah. is your movement, which is your real power. Yes. Right? Right. So it right. disincentivizes the player. When you start shooting, you go, wait one second. I'm killing these people, but I'm not doing what I really need to do. What I really need to do is run. And that is very yeah. powerful to me. And indeed, the game, sure. for the most part, uh, enables you to where you don't need to shoot anybody. Um, however, the big comma here is the actual fist fighting. I think the fist fighting is definitely lacking in a certain way. And as you said, when they sort of, there are times where they they will enforce, they will force an encounter. And you can, in theory, run past them. However, especially on your first playthrough, you're not going to do that. You're going to try to hit somebody, try to try to remove at least one person shooting at you. Because if you're playing on hard mode or you're playing uh, without runner's vision, runner's vision is sort of a slight handicap where it tells you where it highlights specific things to grab onto to sort of accentuate a path. Um, if you have that turned off, it can definitely be disorienting for, okay, where do I go? Where is point A to point B? And, um, I, mm. and, and there's definitely, especially in one particular segment where there's a specific enemy encounter where you do have to punch them and you do have to engage in the fight and they'll parry you and they'll jump and kick you. It is very lackluster. It is very lacking and it disappoints yeah. me. And I don't think it's necessarily a criticism of the game. They should... They could have kept that exact combat system and instead designed the game differently to where you you would feel like you do with the gunplay. Or it's like, I shouldn't have to punch these guys. Punching them is wrong. Running is right. And that's how you should Okay, but, but I think then you're contradicting yourself a little bit. But because I, th- I personally don't think the punching or anything is lacking it's i, I think it's it's not nec- but when but especially on a first playthrough you'll feel like it is i should say that the necessary i think if you're really sort of uh going through with what what we both sort of want from it i think i'm more um sort of i'm i'm more radical in the sense that uh but also like you know more in the spirit of of, of what we want because i think yeah, I agree. The p- best thing and the mo- po- the point of it all should be the running, uh, and so I think there should be a run-based solution on like if you if you find the right path through a an area through a, like specific rooftop or whatever, like then you can even escape the guys without um, engaging with them at all that should be a possibility but for example there's an early level for example i think level three or so where or four where uh you're followed by a helicopter the whole time and then you come to this roof there's like five guys or four guys on there and the reason you have to dispose of them is because to progress you don't jump to the next building but you have to climb up two pipes and you're very slow climbing the pipes and like no matter how you do it um they you will just they will just shoot you while you're on the pipes so you, you can't you have to dispose of them because otherwise they're just going to kill you while you're climbing those pipes which you, which is the only way to progress to the next rooftop so i think that's an that's an example for where where it's like clear there is no option here you have to dispose of these guys or they're just going to shoot you while you're doing this 
while you're while you're on the wall climbing the pipes. So um, the game will even encourage you to uh, engage in combat sometimes because you have someone yeah. in your head talking to you. Right. I don't in remember his name, but there will be times where it's like, all right, we gotta take these guys out, and yeah. it's Merc. and and. I, I don't know where our disagreement is lying right now. I, I mm-hmm. think the game should enable you to avoid encounters wherever possible. And exactly. I, I don't yes. mind when the encounters tell you, hey, the fighting is not good, running is good. I, I think that's when it's great. Gunplay is perfect in that. But yeah, it will force you to do combat in times. And that's where I'm like, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we agree. There should be a purely escapist <laughs> solution every time you should be able to through clever running and good running and good parkour you should be able to avoid any conflict uh, not you know they will still shoot at you but you should be able to escape and make progress by not uh, without touching them um, that's the appeal of the game you know the appeal of the game exactly. is escaping the bullet fire you know. Okay, so I, th- I think my criticisms are, you know, all stand under this banner of the game betrays its own flow aspect. <laughs> yeah. um, the next part of this is bad and frustrating level design, um, which obviously the cop thing, the combat thing is a part of. Um, but uh, I think there is both in the level design which I just mentioned, or and in the combination with the mechanics, it, there's a bunch of options. Uh, sorry, a bunch of problems. I'm reading my notes at the same time. A bunch of problems. Um, all right. So the movement can be very finicky, and uh, the there is there should be more leeway on your interaction with obstacles. Particularly like, grabbing things. I had difficulties grabbing pipes. Grabbing things. The wall run isn't was. Uh, not as reliable as it should have been for me. Yeah. Um, like it, like if you just have, if you're just a little bit too off on the angle to the wall, it might not work, and it's 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 very frustrating. Um, like uh, there is, um, yeah. So there's some jank. Like when you move, like the way your character also because of the first person these this is also a lot of the stuff is also sort of problems that are kind of inherent to the first person platformer thing yep. like um which is a big problem but like um sort of when you move up to a wall the game gets kind of weirdly janky and like it looks sort of weird how you like you put it like your hands up and sometimes you can get like a bit glued to the wall, you know what I mean? Like yes. you move up to the wall, you have like a momentum and then maybe like your model, I don't know, clips a little bit into it. I don't know what it is, but sort of moving backwards, you're like a bit of a, <laughs> just moving a bit very slowly, like back and turning and that stuff, there's just jank there uh, That's that they should have tackled, uh, especially because of the limited scope of it. Like they should have really honed this more. Then there's level design stuff, just plain old like this thing, like, this is just bad this is just sloppy like you can grab grab onto something which you can't which you don't um which like you shouldn't be able to because that's not something that you need but sort of they forgot to make it a thing that you can't grab onto uh just your land somewhere and like you can't go up because there's a little bit of the geometry above blocking you and just have to go just one to think to the left or whatever to, to climb up um even though you took sort of a very clear linear path through it and stuff. That's all stuff that um, sort of 
it mounts up to, and it's all stuff basically that obviously you <laughs> it's hard to describe it's like but you could decide that, dissect it like we could watch a video of it and be like exactly be like this this right here doesn't work i mean yeah. a big problem is that to, to discuss the first person platformer idea right yeah um the big problem is the limited perspective and it goes beyond the the original concept which was what i was saying earlier was like half-life and zen for instance it's hard mm-hmm. to know where you're landing um, is you know when you look when you look at stuff, there's a spatial difference that's not necessarily communicated properly from the first person perspective, and yeah. um, and that translates to Mirror's Edge specifically in regards to distance, um, and regards to um, just necessarily like your momentum versus the thing like grabbing on the walls, wall running, grabbing onto certain ledges or whatever. And then when it comes into, you know, specific things like the ladders, like if you're running a clear path, I'm thinking of like the, the sewer level, for instance, I don't know what you were referring to specifically, but like when you're scaling up the stuff, there are certain areas where you're like, I should be able to make that. And you can't make that. But the game sort of tries to signal you, um, in a game developer way that you can. So you will be spending too much time wasted doing things that the game developer actually did not intend you to do. Like, these are basic mistakes, and I agree with that. And I also um, think, like, I think you might be yeah. going into it later, but when I was saying the thing about a, a specific episode or level having multiple sections to it, those sections aren't necessarily properly paced to where you'll have a section of running, and there will be a section where you breathe, but that section where you breathe isn't necessarily cleverly constructed or a nice reprieve. Sometimes it can be a frustrating halt. And that's not also very, you know, smart. Yes, uh, just to like sort of hone in more on the on the you know level uh, like the elements of like uh, level design and the obstacles and stuff like mm, inconsistency and in, in like one inconsistency to sort of uh, give an example for what you were mentioning where it's like. Uh, I should be able to make that, etc. It's inconsistent. Um, when you're holding onto a ledge and um, jumping to another higher ledge, basically, um, if you look at that ledge and jump, she will jump much higher and make it, if that's the intended ledge you need to jump to, than when you look at something else that you think that's what I should jump to. That If you press the jump and look while looking in uh, in that direction, she will just do a little uh, and just fall down. Like and, and that's um, the developer compensating in a specific area instead of making it all like across the board consistent. If it was yes. across the board consistent and in your head you knew how high you jumped, they don't they don't do that in Mario, for instance. Mario doesn't no. have a variable jump depending on what platform you're jumping onto. It's a exactly, consistent yeah. jump. Um. Another thing is, yes, I told you totally read my mind. What I was gonna say, uh, the stuff I mentioned with level design, it's like so, it's small things in like in small places where we just, you know, you would have just have to, we would have to sit down, I would play it, and then, um, you know, you would just have to point it out in the moment. It's hard to uh, give a sort of one sa- summary of of that aspect of it, but it's basically like objects and little things. Uh, how it guides you, etc., that are just off, that are just a little misplaced. Um, and yes, like even I think the runner's vision, which is the thing which you can turn on and off when it's on, again, your path, if you get near something, it may gain a color 
like red and then you will know oh that's kind of the thing that's one of the things that i can use here um but i think even with that it's um like they they don't go all the way like it's it's weird it's so inconsistent because for example in the level where you come out from those sewers right you got you get out and personally i you have no clue where to go yes like oh my god you bet you're back to an area where you think where you were before, like when this when the whole thing started basically you came to this area with the big drain sort of whole pipe you descended know, like down and now you're climbing up you do a lot of stuff in underground and then you come back up i don't know if it's a different hole or whatever but basically it seems like you're back up from where you were at the very beginning and um anyway uh then it's like wait i was here before like where where do i have to go and uh there's guards in that area and you look around you like uh, the entire 360 degrees around you and you see a bunch of stuff a bunch of buildings a bunch of uh orange and you know a bunch of orange around you and like in every direction you see something that's orange where like oh is that it where i have to go is that it like they confuse like they confuse you with their own visual language like um it's it's until you find, like, I, I, you know how many times I had to do that section? Because I oh, it, just it was that, and, had to and, check everything. And on, like, a first playthrough, that was the first time where I felt like I had to engage in combat. Where I was like, oh my gosh. There's, yes, yeah. Because they, they put, like, five uh, guys there. And, and secretly... Actually, you don't have to, actually. I, um, I, I was so um, stubborn about it. Like, I was like, fuck pacifist. this. Like, eventually I figured out where I have to go. And then I jumped into the hole in, uh, um, intentionally and then I, I did the thing you actually you get shot a bunch but you actually can by just jumping from box to box and jumping then into the over the fence there at the end um, you can actually outrun like just run to the the door and jump and uh, jump in yeah but but like take it. Uh, to, to, to describe yeah. it that that specific encounter it's a door it's like a small red door on the on like you know, 50 feet or whatever away from you. And it is guarded by a very tall fence that you can't just jump over. You have to jump on yeah. something else and then jump over it. And yeah. it's not very clear at all. It, you're you're no, absolutely right. No, because there's right. other red stuff and orange stuff around in the whole area where you think, wait, is that it? Is that it? And it's like, why? Like, and, why and, do you and use like the color, when, your own When you try to language. jump over the fence, it's like, it's not that easy to jump over. I should try something else instead. Because, like, it's what you said earlier. The inconsistency means some things that you can't do. So your brain might be like, okay, well, don't worry about that just yet. So, yeah, no, I completely get that. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like, yeah, the game was like, sort of highs where it's like wow i did a sort of for example when the I, one guy runs away from you you know um i forget his jackknife ridiculous name yeah yeah Jack <laughs> um, um and like wow that's like a prolonged thing where it's like and this brings me to another thing you're con you're constantly chased by cops and helic helicopters like um it's it's so refreshing when you have to just um, f sort of uh, catch up to someone which just means that you can inquire it more or less like you still have to sort of keep up with them but it's just an uninterrupted thing where it's like you parkour, parkour which is like Standard, that's also how they the get dream. you yes that's, no, I mean, that's also what go ahead. Mm, what go. i remember from the game because the early levels are that dream as well 
and uh, that's why I remember the game so fondly, I think, because I remember those early levels. Um, I did not remember the constant, uh, like, well-realized cacophony of, like, police uh, chatter and, uh, you know, the the music and stuff. I think it gives a great sense of, like, urgency and stress, but also it represents this constant interruption of what I actually want to do, and that's that's that was just frustrating. Like, there's and, a like, tranquility not knowing where to, to go, and then there's the yeah. urgency colliding with each other in a way that's not yeah. necessarily cohesive. I get you. Does it does it want to establish flow? But why does it then have like sections where you don't know where to go? It's like platform puzzles. Why does it have the combat encounters which break up the pace in a frustrating way? And like if it okay, let's say it is about more about sort of also figuring out the route then why are you constantly getting shot at? Why don't they just leave you to well, figure it out? Why? And this is going to sound really weird, and I don't know if it's the actual solution, but the, a big problem is the hit scan, because these are hit scan enemies. So they're mm-hmm. just like, they're, they look at you and you're hitting, and there's no dodging, there's no anything. It's just like, all right, I'm going to have to tank these hits, and hopefully I make this jump, and they'll stop shooting me because I'll find cover instead yeah. of like, you know, there's a reason why in first-person shooters sometimes they'll have non-hit scan enemies with big old fireball projectiles. And I'm not saying that you should have that in a more realistic, grounded game, but there's a reason for solid projectiles instead of hit scan. And especially in yeah. something like this, it could benefit <clears throat> from not just like being attacked by five computers, perfect, perfectly aiming you and firing at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of conflicting design decisions plus some design uh sloppiness um and uh, it's it's a shame i mean uh I, but i don't want to get into like the don't want to get into like a a you know final <laughs> final thoughts mode uh yet if you if you still have stuff which i'm sure you have uh, you do so uh. um in particular regards to what because i do have comments but like uh, as of right now, I'm without a direction. Um, I think I would say particularly mm-hmm. with the runner's vision. Um, yeah, I think it's half-hearted. It's a half-hearted crutch to uh-huh. sort of alleviate the issues you were talking about. But it's never particularly consistent and it's never particularly uh, helpful. I mean, it's a little yeah. helpful, but it never feels satisfying. And, it, and it, yes. you know. It compensates for something that design should have solved more elegantly. Yes. Yeah. For sure, I agree. Um, I'll say that the... Oh, I remembered, yeah, I remembered one more point, which figures into the whole first-person platforming <laughs> thing. I think, um, you know, you have to find out, you, f- you have to find your route, right? And uh, in a level. And I think vertic- stuff that is placed vertically, like above you most of the time, it's a big problem. Like, it's... Um, it's fr- like you basically every time... You, I don't know where to go. I realize uh, it's like okay. Uh, basically, I need to move around and be look looking up the entire time. Like it's it's the problem is usually like located sort of above you, and um, it's like that's not how that's not the the runner thing. It's like <laughs> it's like basically you run for uh, twenty seconds and then it's like you play like detective. Like oh, where where do where's where does the level? continue here <laughs> i mean i don't mind verticality but the problem with the verticality here is often no it's very you, zoomed you, in you will be stuck in a sort of section where 
um, you, you will stop. Instead of a horizontal expansiveness that coincides with running, you'll be hitting a brick wall and figuring yes. out how to climb that brick wall. Um, and I think that's a problem where, of the field of view. That's yeah. I think the field of view problem. Yes, uh, absolutely. And then, like, particularly, I, I do like it when you're scaling, but you're doing it in a sort of fluid motion when you're running and you're pressing RB or whatever button you have to do the 180 turn and then you jump and you climb that. I like stuff like that where it sort of feels like a path where you don't necessarily need to know what's on the other side as long as you're moving easily and it's sort of fluid like that. Those are moments I think work. But when it's like a puzzle box, um, it can be very clunky. Yes, and I think it's that too too often. Um, like inside i like the again i like the almost like a bit perfect darkish like um um like offices and like interiors um but uh i think also though there are some of the worst worst uh, moments of this mo like stop and go rhythm where it's like uh okay and then they always do the thing where it's like oh the cops don't show up immediately but eventually they do and it's a clunky it's a clunky way to handle it. it's like basically they give you this time because they know that you will figure, need to figure out first where you have to go <laughs> and um i think cut the, cut the fat here in the process and sort of the your first playthrough should be something where you're already having fun mm -hmm. it shouldn't be the i'm do like learning this game of because that's not the like 90 percent of the people who will play it that's not how they will play it like they will play through it once and that's it um the game is already short so lengthening it through these weird pacing problems is it's weird they should they should have sucked it up and sort of redirected that intention into polishing the good parts of it you know what i mean so. Yeah, it's not only because of the because it's padding or whatever. I didn't mean, didn't necessarily mean that aspect, but uh, but just gameplay wise, maybe it should have been different. You know, like not the not the running and the jumping or whatever, but like the way it communicates a route to you or whatever. Maybe it should have been something that is where you don't have to figure it out really by yourself. Where it maybe shows you that, and then you can just focus on the platforming itself, on the timing of your presses and like. Um, sort of the sonic. Sorry, okay. <laughs> I had to had to <laughs> like the <laughs> the flow of it. <laughs> you know, just uh, focusing on that. I think that would have been a great parkour game. And now like that this, you mentioned it's... Sonic, wait one second. This has now become <laughs> a Sonic podcast. Give me a second. How yeah. do you feel when Sonic slows down? Because there's, you know, marble zone. You know what I mean? When you play a Sonic game, there yeah. are inevitable moments where the pace breaks. And that sort think, of essential no. experience is mm. changed. Yeah, I think it's much better there because it actually, you don't really, like, aside from, like, very specific spots, sure. I think, generally, you still are always moving. And you still are always, like, jumping on enemies, you know, bouncing on boom, boom, on an enemy or two back to back keep running etc you're not usually it's, lost in sonic and you you're usually not lost. You're know not like, that you'll wait, make wait where jump. do i have to go do i go left or right or do I, yeah. <laughs> like uh yeah no no so it's 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 very, very different to me that's not to say that obviously maybe specific levels have 
like flow problems in uh, in Sonic games, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Did you? It's not the same. Did uh, you ever play problem. Mirror's Edge Catalyst? I have not. There is a sequel, and uh, you know what's very frustrating? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's better. I mean, if it already. I can explain that... something on it because I have played it. But go ahead. Oh, you have. Yes. Uh, I I just know on paper it has very much sort of the icon on the map thing right it's isn't it like uh doesn't have like that kind of open world game design to it yes uh yeah and i think here's a game that's already nailed so many things that i'm willing to forgive some flaws and still sort of like it in a weird sense but playing it this time was very frustrating and um uh, so i i think a lot of it is very commendable but i think it fails in crucial aspects Here's a game that is perfect for a sequel that irons out issues and just does a better job across the board, etc. Like, here's a game that does that. But then they, but EA doesn't think like that. EA always <laughs> thinks in the, like newer EA. And I want to talk a bit about EA at least at some point uh, still. Um, older versus newer uh, EA. Uh, EA of Mirror's Edge Catalyst thinks very much like what is the fo- like focus tested thing what is that which will make us money uh the most amount of money in this at this moment they well, are Mirror's totally Edge doesn't trend. make them money is the thing so like yeah that 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 sequel approach is very cynical because it's like all right well we'll give you a sequel but yeah we need yeah. we need concessions we need popular game design ideas to sort of balance it out because otherwise we don't see this selling like if if it was yeah, based yeah. on the the first game, then they wouldn't have any faith in it. No pun intended. Tell tell us about uh, tell us about Catalyst. Okay, I think. <sighs> okay, no, it's not it's not a huge problem. It's not like a major. De- it's a major departure. Okay, I would say that specific <laughs> levels utilize the interiors of the first game but on large part especially the side missions in the free roam is almost entirely the rooftop aspect and Mm -hmm. the thing i liked about the rooftop aspect this time is sort of getting from one building to another now offers you multiple ways and sort of there are specific um, missions in the game that allow for alternative routes or a single like mind-blowing like the the puzzle of where do i go doesn't come from literally figuring out where to go but it's sort of like there are shortcuts there's sort of like if you understand the geography of like oh this building can i can cut through this window right here and go through there i think that stuff is really good and if that was utilized in a single um if they use that sort of side mission structure for the main crux of the game in those single episodic moments that would be awesome but when you play the main story, you get the same issues. Um, and this time, they got mm. rid of the guns entirely. And instead of have you do forced combat things, they'll put randomly generated enemies on specific rooftops to sort of break your route. And, th- and they won't even plan for you to be in the middle of a route. It will just randomly do that. You'll restart a route to try to get the right time. And it'll be like, uh-oh, there's an enemy here. Oh, God. So they have they, they put another crutch mechanic in. There's a crutch mechanic where you press a button and it and it sort of freezes the enemy it it stuns the enemy so that way you can run past them but the answer is you just shouldn't have put an enemy there oh my god but yeah 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds like they didn't understand uh, quite what... There are uh, things to praise about it, and in the distant future, I would explore (laughs) the game again. But that being said, yeah, there are some major problems. It's interesting that they removed the guns. I think here you have, again, sort of them sort of following the what was written about the game and i think just the gunplay and the guns were universe like not almost universally criticized and i think that's a total misunderstanding of the underlying like the problem the guns are just the symptom of an underlying problem and uh, i think sort of by and large this the underlying problem was missed and so uh, I think they just, uh, just superficially as a criticism, they just addressed it in a superficial way and say, oh, you know, we just take out the guns and then problem is gone. But uh, didn't understand, that doesn't sort of understand the underlying issue there. Yeah. Um, so that's disappointing to hear. Um, I will probably play it at some point, but um, no priority. Not right anytime now. soon, listener. No, no. I think I'm, yeah. I I might I I want to go back and do a bit of time trial see maybe if I can sort of uh, sort of get a get a more um, I don't know some reconciliation going with the game. I, I would I... I would appreciate the game more if it had like a time trial section, not not the way it is, but like levels specifically dedicated towards just getting from point A to point B, where it's clearly communicated and you're experimenting yeah. on routes. Like just that would be, alone would be great, and that's not what we have. Yeah, we have we have yeah, the cinematic yeah. level structure, and it's not particularly engaging, even when you figure it out. In my opinion, I like the game still. Like I don't know if we are getting into final thoughts, but my ultimate thought is the game is worth it. Man, like a sequel to this game specifically would be awesome if they polished it. It would be awesome, and they understood some of the design missteps. Um, the game yeah. is worth playing, worth experiencing, um, yeah. even if it is severely flawed. Yeah, for me especially, again, from a visual and oral standpoint, really, I uh, was really um, impressed by the, um, yeah, the music, like, uh, and, and, and stuff. Uh, not really, um, yeah, such a, such um, missed potential here. But uh, still commendable, and I guess this is where... Uh, we take a huge dump on modern EA. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no go ahead. Do the EA uh, talk. Let's do it. I mean, I'll just read my notes here. What the fuck is up with EA? <laughs> but, uh, What's colon. the deal with EA? I mean... No, I wrote it. I, 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 have like two, I have like two columns here. What the fuck is up with the eight column versus around the late odds column. Uh, so... Uh, what the fuck is VDA? Star Wars Battlefront 2, infamous for money-grabbing business model. Ba- Battlefield, Sims, remastering, Need for Speed games, sports games. That's uh, I think that's <laughs> in a few key in a few uh, keywords. I think that's e- that's um, that's kind of modern EA. And uh, around the late aughts, uh, like 2000s, Skate, Dead Space, Command and Conquer 3, Red Alert, SSX, Def Jam, Boom Blocks. Boogie. I included Boogie as a joke. Um, okay. Although it was sort of a charming game. But uh, interesting failures like Mirror's Edge and Saboteur. Um, so, yeah, it's like uh, 
and other stuff. Uh, obviously, didn't mention Bad Company was great, etc. Like they there they tried the stuff with destruction in a bad, in a Battlefield game. I think Dice um, is talented. I think Dice is a talented you know thing, but EA as a publisher is cynical, money grubbing, and ultimately doesn't realize what makes a a game good they'll they'll look at something and see it as a business model instead of an effective way to engage players um the battlefront 2 stuff or uh, the star wars uh thing you know uh, what was that 2017 2018 yeah where they uh, do you remember that like there was a huge there was basically the fuck up of the year where they um basically um changed the like last minute they on release they like i can ex- into, i like, can explain this... what's going on i i did play battlefront 2 2017. oh yeah you played it okay, okay yeah so mm. the 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 backlash came from the entire concept of we're going to monetize and loot box the uh the specific gameplay elements primarily perks and primarily weapons so like in, in entire ideas that you know you entire ideas of balance are monetized to where if you wanted to be the best you could be at the game competitively speaking or just in casual play you had to pay for it and and not only pay for it there isn't just the buy the best gun thing it is locked behind a loot box loot boxes that specifically inhibit competitive sort of motion you're you're gonna have to dedicate money towards being better at it they check that now People got really upset by that, so they changed it. They they sort of got rid of the the loot box aspect of it, and they, they technically loot boxes are still in, but it's largely cosmetic or largely based on singular basic perks that are easy to get otherwise, and aren't necessarily tied to characters, aren't necessarily tied to any sort of thing like that. Um, but that being said. Just realistically speaking, they did that because they got called out on it. They they did that because every single person was like, "That's fucked up." Who would want to fucking play that? And I'm, you know, I'm they had to cut sure their also, tail between their legs yeah. and be like, "Okay, yeah, all right." I'm pretty sure the reviewers also. Um, it. I'm pretty sure there was something where it wasn't like that in the ver- like in. It, what, yes. Uh, yeah. When, uh, and when, they when only flipped the switch it, on it. The, the, that business model wasn't there. They were just able yeah. to play the game naturally, and they were able to get things on a natural progression. So it's a very dishonest move by EA. So when they reviewed the game, they they weren't aware of that business model. So then fans would be like, "What the fuck?" and blame the reviewers, and that's not their fault. It's EA's fault. So yeah, no. they flipped the switch a couple of days into launch. I think yeah, um, it was absolutely shameful and uh, obviously no, like you know the devs probably victims as well, or victims of the suits um, uh, that are you know uh, higher in the company. Um, but uh, but yeah, like just creatively. EA just seems bankrupt. Like, what are they doing? Like, they haven't. It's amazing. Like, year after year, this last year's. I think another, like, low point, which was much earlier than uh, Star Wars, but uh, 2013, maybe, I don't know, was like, you know, you remember Battlefield Hardline? <laughs> the I don't remember propaganda. the but I know the game, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, doesn't matter. But, but there, there was sort of it feels like they've just been um sort of tri- tripping from one sort of controversy and 
one slap to the wrist uh, to the next and at this point it feels like they're just playing it safe like sims expansions and these need for speed remasters even the new ones seem the new need for speeds seem okay it's like they don't seem like as bad as some of the some of the ones like from 2010 well, um, I'm particularly upset by Sims. I mean, I don't know your opinion on Sims, but the way mm-hmm. they did Sims Four was pretty bad. Um, they were they were also apparently they the, yeah did apparently they did a lot of it, stuff to it and it's really good now. But no, okay, all right. So they, you know to talk about EA, I guess the number one to talk about like Sim City or whatever. They they, they were oh, some God, of the Sim few they they were some of the few proponents of DRM always online they, they were some of the first people to do that and it's sort of become like a thing now where some developers will just say or publishers will just say screw it you have to always be online and for some it's a reality um they were some of the proponents on that they had origin origin's not necessarily a good building thing but to talk specifically about the sims and the sims 4 it started it was very bare bones had a lot less features than sims 3 and some worse than sims 2 and then they packaged it and they, they used expansions to sort of supplement it. And yes, if you pay for the expansions, you will have a very satisfying Sims experience. But that comes with a price tag. And that's not to say the game is bad, but, you know, how much are you willing to pay for a good game? I think it's a mix of the DLC. I think some stuff they also patched in. But, uh, but yes, generally speaking, you're not wrong, of course. But, uh, um I mean, what to say? I mean, it's just it's just uh, it's just a sad sort of development because they also have so many studios tied to them, and like obviously, huh, the the cliche, which is also kind of true, <laughs> is like a lot of studios they pick up, sort of they kill or like r- roll into other studios, like the people, um, and and stuff like that. It's you know, it's just kind of ugly. But there was a moment where i don't know what happened maybe um i don't know what happened maybe the the, the ea higher-ups were like uh like f- doing drugs for some years or whatever and we're like <laughs> uh let's you know when they when around the time of the uh, sort of 360 uh their ea was trying stuff you know and um, experimenting uh funding these uh, uh projects um like skate like dead space like uh like like um uh mirror's edge and uh there's something really nice about that because when you when you put in new ips and you be creative and you let developers experiment or whatever you'll get good games number one you'll get games that they care about and that they're passionate about and you'll build new properties that way you won't have to fight for specific licenses ea shouldn't have had to have fought for star wars they should have been able to make unique intellectual properties that that you know their developers could explore and let them have free instead they're like well we made a dead space let's make two more dead spaces and let the franchise die you know what i mean yeah what? Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, you might be wondering why I talk so much about EA here. I mean, these guys have... Uh, this is a huge company. These guys have their own E3 uh, shows. And, like, it's, it's you know, it's like, aside from Ubisoft, it's uh, the biggest non-console manufacturing uh, player uh, in the game. And I think it's worth to 
you know sort of touch touch on the the company the state of the company um in the context of of a game of the week yeah i mean mirror's uh, edge was bold and different i even though we complained about the game i wish ea made more games like mirror's edge and i you know what i mean that's that's the end of it yeah and i'm still also just glad that mirror's edge exists to begin with and you know still uh very happy about the positive aspects of it and um uh again some some of that stuff is obviously mitigated just to add that when you just when you know the game and do another playthrough again i don't think that excuses them but just to say i if you have the time to do that and if you like the positive aspects enough then that's maybe a way to sort of mitigate the the other problems but uh but but yeah uh, overall it's a very interesting game and um, i think speaks to a very interesting time in uh the, the company's history, which I hope will, you know, I hope they they take those drugs again. <laughs> I, I think, you know, speaking on a spreadsheet, Panzer Dragoon is still our worst game. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Pavlis, uh, any other final thoughts or are we, are we good with that EA retrospective? I think we're good with that EA retrospective. Well, well, and, do, uh, do you want to talk about our special news yes, in our upcoming yes. episode? <laughs> yep. Next week, we're talking about EA's game. No. Um, oh, goodness. About <laughs> we're talking about a bunch of games because it's game of the year time. And, of course, we're talking about all the hot new releases. Um from 85 <laughs> that's right we're doing a game of the year for the year 1985 very topical um, right very um, recent it feels alive you know game of the game of the year awards 1985 baby yeah it's not <laughs> I, I think it's a cool original idea uh and uh, we're gonna be playing stuff for it we're not just gonna be uh, sort of winging it with um it won't be from our memories because, yeah. I, I, to be honest, it's a limited memory. I mainly played NES games, but we're going to be yeah. actually exploring, at the very least, the major, like, critically heralded things, including Commodore 64 titles and all that. We will be putting in effort to sort of make an actual list. Will we beat every game? I'm going to be honest, no. But I will play of each game not. extensively to be like, yes, I have an opinion yeah. on this game. Yes, of course not. We won't beat 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 that beat all those games. We will just play enough where we say we have an opinion and uh, the process. So uh, another nice thing is that we'll have uh, Calvin on, which uh, they're happy to have him on again. The honorary uh, been, third member at this point. Um, and uh, the process is gonna be that we're gonna be not gonna present you with uh, finished uh, top ten, but we're gonna duke it out. We're gonna. Um, you know, try to play these games, come with our thoughts, come prepared, and then we're gonna, um, you know, argue discuss about and it. Yeah. see, argue about it, and see if we can come to a uh, consensus. Okay, um, let me ask you, Pablo's cards on the table. Do you think yes. you and I will disagree more, or do you think Calvin will be the outlier? Um, I think we're pretty compatible, actually. Here's the thing is I think I'll I think I'll agree with you on the basic list, but then when we get into the bests, I will be advocating for things you do not think should be the best. 
All right. I, I think that's where we're going to say good. And then Calvin's okay. going to go left field, and he's going to say some wild things, and I'm going to like it, and then we're going to gang up on you, <laughs> and we'll have a system like God. that. It's great. Oh, no. I don't know. This, this went horribly uh, wrong. It's going to be more interesting than Floyd Mayweather versus what's his name? The YouTube guy. Sonic oh. the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I want to thank Brogan. I want to thank Sonic. I want, uh, want to thank you for listening. Um, tune in next time again for a very special Game of the Year uh, episode for the year 1985. See you then. Stay cool. Stay fresh. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.